0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Today, with so many complex systems running our modern world, system-wide crashes and meltdowns are becoming more common. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey talks with an expert to learn why it happens and how it can be prevented. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Professor Andras Tilsik. He holds the Canada Research Chair in Strategy, Organizations, and Society at the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management and is the co-author of Meltdown, Why Our Systems Fail and What We Can Do About It. You believe that these meltdowns in our society are becoming more frequent, so perhaps you can give us some examples of what kinds of meltdowns you have in mind.
1: Look, if you just open a paper... Now everyone is, is talking about Facebook and, and their own meltdown, the Florida bridge that collapsed, the Hawaii false missile alert. And the kinds of failures that we focus the most in this book are the ones where there isn't a big kind of external shock that causes them, but they rather come from small failures that snowball into a big meltdown. The one example of that that we see over and over again in the past few years is airlines. A number of airlines now had to ground their entire fleet because of a small mistake in a reservation system, a small glitch, or because somebody unplugged the power cord. And there was nothing wrong with the pilots, there was nothing wrong with the planes, yet tens of thousands of people were stranded, thousands of flights were cancelled, and we've seen this over and over again. And it's this pattern that we found so interesting. It's that it doesn't require some big shock anymore. It can just be the confluence of these little things.
0: And these little things, there are a lot of threads that are similar between these, right? Between these different sorts of catastrophes.
1: Yes. If you look at these failures, if you look at something like BP's oil spill and look at the meltdown of a trading firm, or maybe something that happens at home, maybe your family's morning routine is falling apart, those things seem to be very different on the surface. But what the research shows is that there are some commonalities. There is this sort of shared DNA to them. And a lot of that has to do with how our systems are becoming much more complex and connected and unforgiving. And we often do that for a good reason. We are trying to become more capable. But it also often comes with this unintended effect of setting us up for these crazy surprising failures when little things come together and really surprise us.
0: So what steps can government or other organizations take to lower the risk for these meltdowns? Because it seems like it's kind of against everyone's nature to simplify.
1: Yes, and I think the response doesn't necessarily need to be simplicity in a sense even though we think complexity is the issue, the response is more transparency rather than complexity. And let me just give you one example of that. So something that a lot of people have seen play out live on television is the Oscars mix-up last year when the wrong film was announced as the winner of the best picture. And I think that's a great illustration of this point about transparency in that it was actually a pretty complex system. They had all these envelopes, they had redundant systems, they had backup briefcases, and, of course, it was a pretty unforgiving system. It was live TV. So if you mess up, once the genie is out of the bottle, you can't put it back. But one of the big causes of that failure was the way those envelopes were designed. They were very pretty. They were artful. But they were very hard to read. It was very hard to tell, especially backstage, what category the envelope was for. And if you look at what they did this year, now they have this ugly design. They have this sort of large black envelope with white font on them. It's really not beautiful, but it's a lot more transparent, and what that means is that it's easier for anyone to catch a mistake as it emerges, even for someone sitting at home watching this on television. And that's one principle that we see over and over again, whether it comes to the design of a car or even an accounting system. Transparency is often a very powerful response to complexity.
0: And you just touched on another theme in your book, and that is ugly design oftentimes is more safe, more effective?
1: Yeah, exactly. The Oscars is a great illustration. We see this in cockpit design, for example. Some airplanes have these very sleek, elegant designs, but those also often make it hard for pilots to tell what's going on, especially in an emergency situation. And it's a hard challenge, of course, because our instinct is that we want elegant things. We all want these sleek, shiny gadgets, whether it's in our cars or homes or airplanes. But often those things do set us up for failure and make it harder to deal with these small errors that come together.
0: Our guest on InfoTrack is Professor Andras Tilsik from the University of Toronto. He's the co-author of Meltdown, Why Our Systems Fail and What We Can Do About It. Professor, you write about two things that almost seem like a contradiction, so I wanted to kind of explore that with you. You say that teams with fewer experts are better at managing risk. But you also say that diversity is one of our best safeguards against failure. The thinking, I think, in general is when you have more diversity, that involves more people.
1: Yes, it involves more people, but it's more about the mix. One of the more surprising things, I think, that we saw in this book is is really just how powerful diverse teams are in dealing with and preventing failure and when we talk about diversity, we mean it quite broadly. So some of it is surface level, things like race and gender, but a lot of it is things like professional background. And I think those things aren't really a contradiction. So one great study examined small community banks in the U.S. and looked at why some of them failed and why the others survived. And it turns out that one of the very important factors is how diverse the board is in terms of professional background. So if you have a lot of experts on the board, if it's really just dominated by bankers, those banks actually ended up failing more frequently. And that's pretty surprising because you would think bankers would be pretty good at managing banks. But it turns out that adding doctors and lawyers and media people and military folks and sort of other people from the community into the mix can really help.
0: A few moments ago, you referred to our personal lives and how this relates there. Can you um, maybe give us a piece of advice that would help there in our day-to-day lives of of how uh, all of this would apply?
1: Yeah, so I think one principle that we see play out very often that's helpful, whether you're running one of these big systems or organizing your family better, is bringing in outsiders one case we looked at involved a young woman here in toronto who was about to buy her first home she really fell in love with it it was this beautifully staged condo but the location wasn't great the space wasn't really right for her but she was really taken by it but before she put in an offer she emailed a listing to a friend and actually a bunch of listings and said look i'm looking at these four or five houses one of these is my favorite which one do you think i should buy and a friend responded and said look I think one and three and four might make sense but you should not get that waterfront condo and that sort of woke her up and we see this effect of outsiders giving us a unique and very valuable perspective in a lot of cases we see it in these personal decisions especially sort of buying a new home or taking a new job can be really really powerful but we also see it in some smart organizations NASA has a system that's essentially about bringing in or creating outsiders within the firm or within the organization who do this same kind of job, who act as a devil's advocate.
0: Very interesting. Professor Andras Tilsik from the University of Toronto, co-author of Meltdown, Why Our Systems Fail and What We Can Do About It. Professor, do you have a website?
1: Yes, it's meltdownbook.net. And if you go to the website, you can actually take a fun little quiz that will tell you whether you yourself are headed for a meltdown.
0: Well, thank you again for joining us today on InfoTrack.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.